0: Today's episode featuring Thomas Ray, co-owner of Square Barrels and Hijo House in Honolulu, uh, Waikiki, Hawaii. Uh, He's a Navy vet. We were stationed together back in the day, and we kind of dive into some of his life post-Navy and what led him to becoming a restaurant owner and the path he took uh, to his success and some of the uh, trials and tribulations on the way there and uh, I think it's going to be a good one. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. And welcome to the Bravo Zulu podcast today. My guest is an old shipmate, you know, from back in the day, Thomas Ray. uh, We served aboard the DDG 59 USS Russell back. um, I was on board 2008 to 2011. And Thomas, uh, you were on board a little bit, a little bit earlier than me and left too, right? When, when, When were you on board there? 06 to 09. 06 to 09. Okay. Yeah. So you left. Did you go anywhere else after that or did you get out? That was it. One tour and done.
1: Yeah. So well, pr- prior to that, I was in Virginia for two okay, and a half okay. years. And okay. then, um, and then they sent me to the Russell in Pearl Harbor. And when my six years was up, um, I, the post Nine Eleven GI bill had just come out that summer oh, and okay. I really wanted to do a shore duty, but the post Nine Eleven GI bill was too good. And I was a junior in college anyways, cause I'd taken classes while I was in mm-hmm. and you know, twenty four hundred dollars a month to go to college was was pretty sweet and
0: and you went there in hawaii right yeah i went to hawaii pacific university uh i thought so because that's my uh wife's alma mater too the sharkies or something right
1: yeah the sharks
0: yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. um yeah i mean i don't blame you you know uh you're already taking the college classes you had a, a good thing lined up and you did it um that's awesome and so, you know, hindsight being 2020 and looking forward or looking now from the future, future into the past, what is that now? 11 years? No. It's 11 years, 11, 12 years. Yeah. So um, how, before we get into all the good things, how, how do you think it's panned out so far?
1: I've had a pretty tumultuous um, time after the Navy as far as like, I've had these like really great successes and yeah. then I've fallen pretty hard as well. So, and that's just part of life in general. And I'm, I've yeah. always had an entrepreneurial spirit. So um, when I got out of the Navy, I was just in college kicking it. And I started working for this financial services company and I did pretty good for a couple of years and then um, kind of bounced around because I didn't didn't really find a company that I really wanted to work for. And um, eventually I just left financial services and then started waiting tables and, um, everyone was like, you're crazy. And I was like, nah, I, I really didn't want to just end my twenties in that field. So I, I was in grad school as well. And so I was just playing rugby and then waiting tables. And I made the decision that I wanted to go to New Zealand to play rugby. And so yeah, I remember, I started, that. I remember um, that. Yeah. I started to go fund me because I got accepted into the international rugby Academy of New Zealand and you donated
0: to that. Remember yeah. That? Yep. Yep. I got the shirt. I think, I think I still got the shirt. Yeah. The, yeah. uh, was that 2013, uh, well, I got the shirt from your Hawaii team, the Harley Quinns, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that that's dope, man. Uh, you know, and, um, I usually don't donate to shit. There's a lot of people always ask for GoFundMes, but you know, and it's not like me and you were like the bestest of buddies or shipmates, you know, on the ship or anything. Like we, we were cool. We right. hung out in a couple ports, but I just saw like, yo, this dude's like doing things, just living his life, chasing dreams and, and just, you know, willing to do whatever it takes. So, yeah, you know, here's 2050, whatever I donated, you know. And um, I, I thought it was just super awesome to see you, you know, chasing that, you know, putting aside that life that you had that was going well, like you said, to go to New Zealand and try to play some rugby, which I, yeah, that's just I, so. I don't cool. regret
1: any of it, you know. But yeah. when I got back, I had to start over. Yeah. And um, I went back to financial services and I was just like, Like, and it was, it was, it wasn't a great fit because a lot of the financial services in Hawaii, like I really wanted to be investment based, but there's just not a lot of that going on out here, like New Uh York, you know, and I had gone to New York and thought about getting a job there, but, um, I was all set to, to meet an interview with Barclays, um, through another VA connection that I had and I couldn't see the sunset in New York city.
0: And it was this. I was there for this conference and i was like that's it i'm I'm not gonna live okay. in this city <laughs> so so it was kind of that new york city life versus the ho- hawaii beach life that you've grown accustomed to over the years huh yeah
1: definitely yeah,
0: yeah um it, it's i don't i mean i miss it sometimes because you know my wife is from there so it's it, it's we can still get to see the sunset here you know from our from shit the backyard really but um it's not like that beach sunset and everything you know so i, I totally get that so you you left the financial thing, your waiting tables and then exactly. <laughs> <just> like, <laughs> just like, and, and then what back. is the what's the spark that's like, eh, uh, waiting tables isn't enough. What's the next thing? Well, so
1: everything I do in life whether it's like rugby, um, you know, maybe maybe not so much the navy. I might have I might have been a little slacker in the navy. But, um <laughs> Everything that I've done since then, I've always put a thousand percent of my energy into it. And I really liked waiting tables because I had started waiting tables and working in restaurants when I was 13. My uncle had graduated from law school and he started a small pizzeria. And so I was, would like make dough and cut dough. And then I'd sell oh. pizzas in the ferry lines in Seattle.
0: Awesome. And
1: um, it kind of just, it's, it's very honest work. You know, there's a product that you have and you put it in front of a customer and they either like it or they don't, you know, and then if they don't like it, you reimburse them. And if they love it, then they come back and they repeat customers. So I liked that aspect of it. And I liked the relationship side of it. And I just decided that I wanted to build a restaurant. And so I had a notebook and I would just like make all these different concepts of like, this is what I want the food to be like. And I met this chef when I was working in finance and I was just like, Hey, you know, you're a great chef. Like, I want to build a restaurant one day, like, let's talk. And he said, well, I'm actually doing this startup right now. It's called square barrels and this is the concept. And I said, well, will you hire me on? And they hired me on. And my first shift was a, a, was a serving shift. And this is after I'd been bartending. And so the bartenders that were ahead of me, they had a lot more experience. They kind of like dropped the ball on the first day. There was all these mispours of beers and everything. And it was just like, it was kind of a shit show for lack of a better word. So, I walked into the office and spoke to the owner and I said, look, if you don't want me to bartend, that's fine, but your business
0: is not going to succeed if you keep these guys at the bar because you've wasted this many beers, whatever it was. Okay. So you were able to see at that early, like you said, opening night that there was faults in the system of the people they were hiring and stuff.
1: Well, yeah. Like, you know, they just were very lackadaisical about it, you know? And I feel like it's kind of like, when we're when we're going into general quarters and you're going down to the main space and you have to do everything perfect you know yeah. um so you get that battle e or that ultra e or ultra c so,
0: so was that because you just kind of touched on it. i said I, I before i say you know it's not super navy centric but no. i do like to kind of pick the brain of like how much influence and you just brought it up right so yeah you might have been like you, your words not mine a slacker a little bit but there are some things kind of instilled there of like, hey, you know, th- there's a way we have to do this. It's a perfection thing, step by step by step. Was that kind of like just in you now, even more so after the Navy of like, hey, th- this isn't right. And we got to do it this way.
1: Well, the thing the thing about the Navy, too, is like for me, like I didn't really enjoy the rate that I was in. Yeah. Um, I was forced to cross rate. Because I didn't get a security clearance, that's because—and um, that's a long story. But I didn't do anything stupid. I'd smoked pot, and I told them that I didn't smoke pot. And it was that moment of truth. And Whoa. they're threatening <laughs> you with five years. Of birth. And I was like, "All right, I, I smoked some weed." And they're like, "All right, well, you don't get a security clearance anymore." Oh, long shit. story short.
0: Yeah. So
1: I, I'm not like a hands-on, physical kind of person, and they made me an HT, and I am <laughs> the worst HT, maybe. <laughs> but I could do other things really good. You know, like. I was the on scene leader for Repair Locker Five. You know, I was a search yeah. and rescue swimmer for the ship. I was a good watchstander, so I wasn't a complete slacker. But yeah, yeah, the navy, the navy put that into my head. You know, it instilled a lot of discipline. And when you when it's game day, you know, like those ultras and those inserts and everything, you yeah. gotta know what you're doing, right? And yeah, that's kind of how I felt like that was day one at the restaurant.
0: Okay, okay. So then you walk in, you tell the owner like, "Hey, these guys are these guys aren't up to par." I'm yeah. your man. I I basically I said, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Basically. And I
1: went home and he called me later that night and he goes, you know, you're my guy, you know, you're going to be the bartender there. And so I started bartending and I really made that restaurant my own. So I put like a thousand percent of my energy in that thing. And then about nine months later, he made me an owner. He gave me 5% sweat equity. And then about a year later, I I bought in for more and then, yeah. And then fast forward, we're
0: almost at six years now. So we, oh, that that 5%, 5% sweat equity is he's giving you 5% for the work you've put in. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. a common thing in like the restaurant business of, or depending on like how big and small of a restaurant you can kind of just depend. like, how does that work? Cause like, again, novice here, I want to kind of open up some of that. Like, cause I think a lot of people have these ideas. I know I've had this fantasy. of Oh, I want to open a restaurant one day, but I have no idea. And, you know, um, listen to Dave Chang. I'm, I'm sure you know, Dave Chang. Right. Mm -hmm. And the way he makes sound and I'm sure it is just hard as hell and that there's just a hundred different things, you know, millions of things going on at all times. And you you know, big thing he always talking about is the management, the front of the house and back of the house, the managing parts of each have to be in sync to make it successful. So Mm -hmm. uh, that sweat equity, was it just like, you're just putting in so much work that he was like, all right, here's 5% of the business. And then, How did it grow from that? You know, was there like a baseline amount you had to buy into or something or were you just like, Hey, this is how much I got, you know, what will this get me?
1: No. Um, so basically it's kind of actually a personal story and I've never really shared the details. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Share what um, you want, man.
1: Like, no, no. Um, so I I guess I, I can share it. So, um, he, there was like little like cues, you know, cause like the first two months when you open up a restaurant, you're going to be really popular. Right. Everyone wants to try it cause it's new. Yeah. And then you, and then it kind of fell off a little bit. Right. And, um, the kitchen kind of really wasn't putting out the best product. And that chef that I had met turned out not to be the best chef that I thought that he was, you know? Um, and he ended up leaving. And so it was pretty tumultuous and, um, yeah, it was just one of those things where I developed relationships and I really believed in what we were doing. And, and he asked me, what did I want to do? And I said, well, I want to build a badass restaurant. And, and we were just standing outside having a, a, just a chat. And I could tell it was like a, a question of like, he was trying to gauge where my head was at with this entire project, you know, how committed I was. And then he asked me, you know, if I wanted to become a partner and said i'm not asking you for money and you know here's five percent and i really want want you to grow and that's not common i've never heard of that
0: okay okay so okay it was a very uncommon then yes yes yeah
1: and then um down the road like we were doing okay but um i had an inheritance like a little bit it wasn't huge or anything but um there was an opportunity to buy in for more um just to keep the company flush with cash and everything. Okay. And I did because I believed in it and we kept, just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And then we were pretty profitable before COVID. Like we had started developing a a second restaurant already with a completely different concept. And, um, yeah, it was, it was amazing, you know, to see the growth of that little seed, you know, and it truly blossomed.
0: Yeah, um, I enjoyed it. You know, I only been there once when we were on vacation. I thought you been there like twice. A, was it twice? Yeah, might might have been. I mean, it's like years ago now, right? Especially with <laughs> last year, as you brought up. Um, that last year just makes everything seem like three years ago. You know, mm-hmm. you tell, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, last year I did this," and you think, "Wait, that wasn't last year. That was like 2019. Like that's two years ago already." Man. But um, and you know, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I told everyone, you know, where I was last station. Uh, we had people regularly traveling to Hawaii and I was always telling them, Hey, this is the space. You like, this is the spot you need to go there. You need to try it out. Um, Awesome food, awesome drinks. Uh, I know one of the owners, like I ain't saying he's going to hook you up with shit for free, but just stop in. He's a vet, like support it. It's awesome. And and that's just, like I said, as 100, because I don't, I don't do no, go fund me for nobody. And I don't just, <laughs> and I don't just recommend anything. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not one of those people that's just reposting, you know, because it's the cool hotness, you know? So I totally believe in everything you've been doing and, and want to continue to support it. And that's also why I reached out to you just to, you know, kind of get your story on it and stuff. And um, you'll hear more about it. So like you said, you're, you're on your sixth year now, Sixth year. Yeah. And of course, last year, last year happened, and i mean it's it's everywhere right everywhere almost... not yeah every, everywhere is shutting down on on their last string trying to figure it all out um well hawaii's good it, are you guys back to we're yeah i mean we're about to
1: go into the third tier which means okay. we can be yeah we can have groups of 10 like we have vaccines like our hospitalizations are down you know like yeah. The Lieutenant awesome. governor's talking about like, Hey, we're going to be good to go by summer.
0: That that's, that's great news. That's great news. Um, when was the worst of it last year? Did it like, did it, cause it was like a you know, it was coming up on the year anniversary in March. Was it like a slow decline or was it like for you guys a, a sudden impact and the prolonged? Cause I know you're, you're big time. I saw your shirt, you know, the be vocal support local and mm-hmm. you're, you're out there, you know um, you know, Uh, I forget the word, but you're out there, you know, being the voice for not just your restaurant, but a lot of small business restaurants there in Hawaii. (laughs) I
1: I don't want to take credit for that. No, I
0: mean, okay. You weren't the voice, but you're a voice. And you're the voice to me because, and my wife too, a lot, because like I said, she watched businesses that she knew. And my, my brother-in-law, his, uh, his in-laws are all out there, you know? Mm -hmm. So they watch restaurants, um, that they grew up with have been in Hawaii for decades, Shut putting down. up the clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Shutting down clothes for good. And so, you know, I was paying attention to what you were saying and always relaying it to, to my wife, um, because she, she was concerned for all, all the small businesses, you know, we still are. Cause who's flying out there? Who's going out there to vacation? You know what? Yeah. F- flights are cheap, but Who's taking the risk? You know, how much risk do they want to take? Yeah. It's getting better. So it's less risk, but all of that. So anyways, back to the, the quote, like, was it a slow decline or did it just kind of slap you in the face and you guys were just totally caught off guard with everything? Um,
1: Well, we saw it coming.
0: Yeah. So I think it was Tuscany
1: had shut down. Like it started in China and then we, we heard obviously like little things about this virus spreading and yeah. then in, in from China, I went to Iran. And then when they shut down Tuscany, I remember watching the news reports and it was like 16, mil- 16 million people were on lockdown. Mm-hmm. And obviously we have a lot of flights to and from China, from Hawaii, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I said, if this is made it to Italy and they're locking down, well, we need to start preparing for this.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, and so that's when I knew like, I didn't know how bad it was going to get because they told us like, Oh, just shut down for two weeks. But like we anticipated it being a lot worse than two weeks. So the, um, it was, it, we, we did see it coming, but like on March 20th was the day that they shut down tourism and then they required the 14 day quarantine. So it was, it was a big slap in the face too, but we did our best, you know, to cut labor and, um, cut ordering so we wouldn't lose money um but god we could talk about this for hours um the worst part of it believe it or not has been in the recent months because we fought so hard and we built we built Ho, our second restaurant that got completed on october 21st was our first day of service um but now within like the last two months, it's just been pounding after pounding. So like I went off payroll to help keep the restaurants alive. Right. And I got laid yeah. off from my day job um, the day before or the day after Hey Ho opened. So it would have been like the 22nd or the 20th. I can't remember. So it was, it's just been, it's just been really hard personally, but I mean, I'm, I can't quantify how much these restaurants mean to me and how much these jobs mean to me and these people mean to me because What we're doing is just so incredibly special. Like, Hey Ho had a Michelin star restaurant or Michelin star chef there. Oh wow! And she was the first African American um, chef to get a star. Oh, Um, okay. African American woman. I don't know if she's the first African American, but um,
0: that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, no, that's big
0: Michelin stars. stars. That's that's when you're starting to like really make it right there. Michelin stars. Holy shit! Yeah, she
1: loved it. I don't. I don't know if she's gonna give us a public nod or anything like that, but to get someone who has that acumen and pedigree to come in and try your food and love it is like a huge morale booster for me.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, yeah. We're just, we're just going to continue to fight. And I actually got a job as a loan officer. So I went back to that financial services thing Yeah. and um, I took the test in 12 days and, and I passed but yeah, so I'm literally fighting tooth and nail for for the businesses and for the family right now.
0: So it, we we got all the time. I, I have no heart out here, so we got all the time you want to spend on sharing any of the story that you want. So okay, um, let's go back to square barrels a little bit, right? And what? So you you just came in at the be- the beginning of it as a server and everything like that. And then mm-hmm. you, then you guys just started, uh, is that he ho house or hey, ho, hey, ho, hey ho. Right. Okay. And that one you've helped build from the ground up. What are some like the, the struggles and the, and, and the the hardships that you see in starting that level of restaurant? I mean, cause w- are you guys fine dining? I mean, like. It's pretty close to it. Right. It's like, I mean, I feel like, yeah, I mean, square barrels. Yeah. You got a bar and it, it, it's, it's really chill, and when I was there the last time they had the comedy show there, and that was dope yeah. as fuck that was that yeah, but you never felt like you're at like you know one of those spots in Waikiki that we'd frequent you know back in the day on the yeah. weekend we we're in port you know it feels like oh i'm I'm here for the the business class kind you know right. not first class maybe, but I'm definitely here for the business class, right, so what are some of those hardships and when you're're when you're, when you're starting it up and everything like that
1: so when we the the main hardship for us was getting the permitting and planning um, approved. So we signed the lease for Hayhoe on July, 2019. So way before COVID even happened. And um, we were paying for a lot of the construction with profits from um, Squares. So we had hired a bar manager for Hayhoe. We still didn't have a executive chef, but the bar manager was taking over shifts at Squares and then I went off payroll and then got that day job. Um, like I even Ubered, like I did everything I could to build this restaurant. So I would go Uber in the middle of the day, do whatever I had to do, uh, work at the restaurant at night, go do wool calls. Like I really wanted to build this thing because it was, I, I developed the concept. Like I was like, I want to do an izakaya with a craft cocktail, a craft beer focus. I love Japanese cuisine and we're going to, we're going to build it and we don't know how we're going to do it. But um, people were like, "You don't have a chef yet, and you're building this restaurant." I'm like, "He'll come." okay hey, he's right. will come.
0: Yeah, if you build it, they will come, yeah. right? <laughs>
1: and then we we um, we talked to a lot of people, you know, um, and we we got really lucky with Chef Aaron, and uh, and like he's just so incredibly talented that like I knew, we knew it was a fit, right? Yeah, but. Outside of the DPP, like the, the biggest hardships was handling the, the virus, right? So we had to figure out how we were going to go with construction and like cash flow was just always a problem, right? Because our, our sales declined like 80, 90%, Man. you know? So how are we going to do this? And we just literally did it by the skin of our teeth. And um, it's been good. And if you, if you really believe in yourself and you really believe in your product, you can achieve anything, you
0: know, what, um, when, when you're that square barrels, right. And, and you're just doing the, the bartending and, and you get your 5% sweat equity into it and stuff. What was, um, was it just that entrepreneur? Just like that, that's you. Is that just what's in your mind? Like, this is what I am. I'm, I'm going to build things. I'm going to do things. And so it's just always on your mind of what's the next one? What's the next one? And like, you know, not, not getting too far ahead of yourself, but yep, th- this is what I'm going to do next. And then once you start doing it, all right, it's going to grow and grow and grow. And then, you know, it's all good. So like, are you already thinking about the third one? Or yeah. maybe not, I, that, maybe not it, restaurant. It, is it a third restaurant? Is third something else? Or is it kind of like step back? We're still getting over the virus shit. And let's get no, back I'm to previous. Thought. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. You don't want to share those yet. Yeah. Um, but like, what... I can share them. So, oh, go ahead. Yeah.
1: So there's like, you know, multiple different concepts that I to- toy with all the time. You know, yeah. like, oh, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to do, I want to do like Central European cuisine. Prior to communism hitting, because you know I'm Hungarian, and there's yeah. got to be some cool recipes, and how and like I, I grew up eating dobos cake and chicken paprikash with my mother. Like, how do I how do I make this food more eclectic and modern? You know, like there's always stuff like that yeah. racing through my head. But then when I started on the loan, the loan um the loan side of the business. I'm like, how do I start my own (laughs) company? You know, like I'm like still like getting clients and I and I already want to like figure out how to like build something. And so that's just part of it. And I mean it's it's like listening to podcasts and I listen to like a lot of YouTube like motivational stuff. And Mm -hmm. um I just think that just becomes in you. like, once you build something, like you don't do it for the money. Like it was never about the money for me. It was about the process, you know, and I'm, that's not an original thing. A lot of entrepreneurs will say that's all about the process. It's the journey right. and that's truly the most special part of it to me. Cause you know, like I said, I've had some super incredible highs in my career and, and really incredible lows. And that's, that's just part of being an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah. Would you say, um, when you're talking about the, the process, does it become easier? Like what, like for restaurants, you've done one, you're at the beginning of one. Now you've done one full one from the construction and everything Would the third one, even be easier because you know, the steps of it, of, you know, how to get these permits and this and that. And cause that's what I run into. I would, I'm not an entrepreneur. I would not call myself that. But as I have those same kind of ideas of like, you know, I could do this, I could do that. Cause what I'll tell people about this podcast is, um, they're like, I always get that. You got a podcast, right? Well, yeah. Anyone can have a fucking podcast nowadays. I'm, I'm not special. Okay. Like you record on your phone, upload it via any kind of publishing site you want and boom, you got a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a little bit more work into it to getting, you know, proper equipment and things like that, but it, it's not hard. But now that I know the process, my dream of it is like, like you said, I know that process. I want to start another podcast about this other thing. I want to bring other people in to have podcasts or be like regular featured co-hosts about other topics in in different genres or whatever, if you will, you know? So does it, does it just become easier in the restaurant thing too? Like you, you kind of have the template and you can just start, you know, doing one after the other, or do you think it's, um, you need to approach each one fresh? Like I can't just, you know, copy and paste.
1: Um, so I think it comes, it's definitely easier in a marketing standpoint, because when we built score barrels, like you didn't, we didn't have like really reputation behind us. Um, my business partner had already built one um, restaurant prior, but he was trying to, he had kind of um, split away to do this own project on his own. Um, and his previous business partners weren't a part of it. You know, he was really trying to make square barrels his own thing. So, I mean, he had, he had some clout for sure, but, um, I think with this one, um, like there was just so much cross promotion between the social media accounts on, um, on my own personal, as well as, um, as well as his, as well as my my wife's and then square barrels, um, that people, there's a buzz for Hey Ho, right. Okay. Yeah. They were stoked about it. Um, building a restaurant is not easy and we did everything by hand. Um, and I have a really great business partner where he can build things. Right. Cause like yeah. I said previously, I'm not the builder, you know, I can <laughs> take out the trash. I can go to home Depot. I can do the staining and stuff like that, but he's a true genius in that department. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be easier on the third because the third, we won't have COVID yeah. if there's a third. So I imagine it'll be easier, but you can't take anything for granted and there's going to be hiccups no
0: matter what. Do you, do you ever think of, because you're throwing out all those ideas, do you ever think of like a straight up Hawaiian joint? No. No? No. Why not? I mean, you there in Oahu, in Hawaii, is it just too many? Not, wouldn't it be authentic enough or just well, uh, not, not your level of, of flavor kind of? I think,
1: I think, um, you have to be passionate about the cuisine that you're presenting yeah. and like with square barrels, it's new American and stuff like that. And I like really big flavors. I like abstract flavors. Yeah. Um, and I love Hawaiian cuisine, but, um, for me, like I would not only have to be passionate about Hawaiian cuisine, I would have to have a certain, I wouldn't want to do it in justice. You know, I wouldn't want to yeah. do it just to make money.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, And even though I've made Hawaii my home for 16 years, um, I would never call myself a local, even though a lot of people are like, oh, you're local already, you know? And um, I just respect the fact that I'm here as a resident, but I also feel like an honored guest, you know? Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Even though like I have many like local and Hawaiian friends and they embrace me into their community, I wouldn't want to do their food if I didn't have that drive and passion to make it yeah. something better than it then it could be done by someone else if that makes yeah. sense you
0: know no it does yeah, that's a uh, i think you get a lot of respect from your local friends for that for that onth- authenticity to not just you know try to slap it in to a fucking four wall restaurant and, and push it out if you've never been to hawaii for for more than a two week vacation right if you've been stationed there Um, you know for the military people listening you you get it you know it's one of those things that you really got to live there for some time to really understand those fine lines of like yeah it's cool you you got the aloha spirit you know it's all it's all good but like even like you said yourself 16 years there now Mm -hmm. and you still have enough respect for that community and for that culture to not just try to you know put it out there for yourself that oh you're this or that you know just
1: to make money i'm not going to do that
0: yeah yeah that's dope that's dope so uh, go ahead
1: you touched on it like for my own personal experience when i got out of the military i felt more part of the community than when i was in because when i was in the military it kind of just clicked up with my military buddies and because i went to hpu i knew some people but it wasn't until the russell left hawaii you know and yeah. I really had to assimilate, you know, and that's like, and I'm only bringing this up is because like your listeners who are in the, in the Navy or army or better or um, Marines, like get outside of the base, get outside of your networks and then go meet the local people, wherever you're station and, and really try to learn their perspective. And you're going to have a, a greater appreciation for your time at whatever duty station you're at.
0: Yeah, that's, that's very true. I'd say even somewhere like here in San Diego, Uh, I worked with this old uh, retired master chief and, um, you know, Mexican cat, and you could go to him and be like, Hey, I need a mechanic. And he would tell you mechanics all out there in national city, Chula Vista, like the, in the hole, you know, wall in the hole, hole in the wall spots to go get whatever you need. What it doesn't didn't matter. Whatever you needed. He knew all the people out there in town. And it was because of that, because he wasn't just here as, the navy person you know mm-hmm. staying around base and only that and um so yeah I think that's that's a very good uh some good advice out there especially overseas which Hawaii isn't it's over yes an ocean but it's it's still America people okay for those that don't know it is a state <laughs> crazy how but, people um, their perceptions yeah. <laughs> of Hawaii are so ridiculous yeah, yeah they are and um but if you're overseas you know, you should definitely not just stay, you know, in, in the haunch or on that, you know, one or two streets outside the base, you need to get out and explore. And you'll, you'll kind of see that a lot more people are uh, willing to accept you into that community. Like you said, like you had the experience of, uh, once the ship left and, and any kind of contact you had with the Navy was kind of severed. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Hey Ho House. Um, walk us through that a little bit, man. I, uh, you got to touch on like the construction and this and that, like um, you, it's going good. It's going rough. You, uh, you know, like it's,
1: it's, I mean, we're still in pandemic, but like yeah. there, we still have
0: five stars on Yelp, which is
1: incredible. Um, the reviews have been phenomenal. There's a lot of people who don't get it. And, you know, it's not easy for a Caucasian guy to say he wants to build a Japanese restaurant in Hawaii. Um, and when we, when we chose their chef, who also is in Japanese, we had to make sure we were doing something that was really authentic and um, gave great respect to Japanese cuisine and um, their culture in general. And so I didn't want to just build a Japanese restaurant just to do it. Um, I've surfed Japan, I've been there three times, absolutely love it. And um, I just like going to all these izakayas in honolulu i was like this is the most amazing food you know like just brilliant flavors and i'm here in this awesome space with this awesome chef but i can't get a good beer and i can't get a good cocktail you know so you know that's kind of what we do is like good beers and good cocktails and like i was like let's find a chef who wants to do this and um and we did but um my business partner, Hideo, uh, he is half Japanese and his his mom actually owned an izakaya in um, Okinawa. And so it took me a while to sell him on this. You know, it took me a real long time. Like, hey, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. But um, he kind of got in touch with his cultural roots as well, you know, because his, his mom's past and everything.
0: Okay. And
1: um, when we did it, he, he built it all by hand, you know, so the tables are, are handmade everything's wow. done by hand. So it can't be duplicated. You know, it's not like we went to Ikea or, you know, there's yeah. people who go to like Malaysia and will buy furniture or whatever. Like everything was done in house and that's really effing cool.
0: Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's super cool. Well, so, you know, I, I like how you're touching on the, being the Caucasian guy doing these other flavors of other parts of the world, mm-hmm. but you're very respectful and very cognizant of, kind of being put as, Oh, there's that Caucasian guy doing this. Have you found any other challenges in that? Like ha- has you, you ran, have you ran in, in into any like call outs? Like, Hey, why, why are you doing this? Um, you shouldn't be doing that. Anything like that? Cause I don't, I'm a, I'm a person where I don't care if it's, you know, executed well and it tastes good. I, I really don't care who, who's owning it or, or back there cooking it. You know what I mean? Um, but in today's society, in today's place, a lot of people, you know, it's it's kind of a uh, dangerous, you know, for lack of a better term, right? It's kind of you're walk, you're walking on a on a thin branch. There, some would say, not me. Some, I think it's fucking dope.
1: So there was there were people like you know like we heard rumors about people talking shit like you know why this Hallies building this this Japanese restaurant you know um, so I heard that a couple times and then um, when we did an interview. Hey baby, daddy's doing an I love you. <laughs> um, we did an interview one time, and they they um, asked us questions about cultural appropriation, and um, to us, it was like you know, you know, paprika is from Hungary, right? But there's a thousand different recipes that use paprika, right? There's no like real boundaries on food, and um, I'm not taking this food and saying it's ours you know we're using Japanese cuisine as a base and then we're tying in ingredients from our sous chef's background he's Filipino we're tying in ingredients from chef Aaron who's Dominican and um, Mexican so it's not even fusion it's just like abstract in its approach and its flavors um but I think once people saw what we achieved, what we got achieved, like yeah. any of those negative thoughts went away real quick
0: yeah it's one of those you gotta put up and show them the product, just kind of and put it in their mouth so they can shut up, stop talking, and eat the eat the good food for what it is
1: and it's and like we didn't take any shortcuts on anything like when you go in and i know you've seen pictures of the space like yeah it took it took me three days to stain the lanterns the lanterns were all built by hand you know and um you can see the love that went into it and so yeah. i've since then since the initial run heard nothing
0: yeah i think that pay, that's a, a big part of it right is people can say what they want but once they actually not just taste the product, but when the five senses are touched by it, right? You're sitting there in the booth or the chair and you see everything and you see how authentic it is because it is handmade. Like you said, it's not just store-bought Ikea or even imported furniture. You can tell there's like my old man does like woodworking and stuff. You can tell something that is actually like hand carved and and massaged with the hands Mm -hmm. versus, you know, machine pressed or even machine cut. And, and and engraved and stuff there's a big difference in that and um it, it's it makes a world of difference I, I know some of the the best restaurants i've ever had which is not a lot but the, the memories that i have of great places are a lot more touching to all five senses than just like oh i went to this place it had really good food i remember the food but i forget the place Mm -hmm. so is that something you guys work towards in the restaurant you know business too is like all five senses being touched and, and and so it's the whole thing being remembered
1: well i mean it as cliche as it sounds like we try to create an experience um but um and a lot of restaurants say that and um but i think we do a really good job of that so like there's no signage for hey ho there's a red square on the outside of both entrances, there's a front and back entrance and you go down the back entrance. Um, it's like walking into it's that scene from Goodfellas where he like walks down the stairs and like, you're almost through the kitchen or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of like, that, except you walk down these, like you, you almost feel like you're going to get knifed when you go in there. Cause it's, <laughs> it's um, there's graffiti that we're doing um, and it would call it piss alley. Like just like some drunkard would be down there or whatever, but yeah. then you go in and you're, you're in this completely different environment. You're on Honolulu on the outside, but when you step in, like, you're like in Osaka, you know?
0: Oh, okay. okay. And so you're
1: like transplanted into this new experience and it's very visually breathtaking. And then you hear the stories and the servers are second to none. We have probably some of the best servers in our city and they just really care about their craft and the bartenders care about their craft and they care about the restaurant. You know, they want it to succeed more than anything, and all of that coming together is, is what gives the guests their unique experience. And so far, we, they've loved it, you know?
0: Do you, how often do you share, like, your story or your experience as, as that that waiter, bartender starting off, just wanting to get a piece of it? Not really a piece of it, but just wanting to get into something fresh and new with you, with your staff to kind of give them that that hope or dream of, like, hey, I, I, I was nothing. I was just starting just like you. I've been there. You could be here. Let's get to work.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes they ask, you know, yep. especially like when we were building Hey Ho. Um, our lead bartender gave, he asked, he was like, What's your story? Yada, yada, yada. And I, I told him and I said, I wouldn't recommend doing it the way I did it because like <laughs> there was a lot of hard knocks, you know, just you know, just getting that five percent and then like one day you're just the lead bartender and then the next day you you're an owner it, there's a lot of growing pains but yeah. yeah i mean i don't talk about it that often
0: why not um or just not, in general not maybe not to the staff but just in general
1: uh i don't know i just try to focus on like the next thing not what was in my past but like what's gonna be in my future
0: That's interesting because uh you know it I don't share my like Navy story with a lot of sailors, but you know we get sailors that'll ask, and I'm more than happy to share it like you're I'm like, yeah, now? huh, you're a senior chief now no, oh, no, 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 probably not ever, just you know i'm I'm a lowly little chief, you know, just making it <laughs> you know one day at a time outside. no no no, uh, maybe you know, one day, but that's not um I, i'm not I'm not worried about that. I, I'm, I'm very happy doing what I do right now. That's and, good. uh, and like I said, you know, whenever I get that junior sailor to ask like, yo, how, how'd you get there? I'm like, I mean, 50% of it, just stick around, keep reenlisting. And, and it's not <laughs> hard to get here. Okay. Let's just be real. It's not the other 50% is, you know, work hard, you know, and just, but, um, you know, it, and I kind of give them a real generic thing like that. Right. Because and and maybe you, you feel the same. It's like you could give them a generic answer because you're not sure if they're worth hearing all of those details of all those lumps and hardships because they might not appreciate it. Mm-hmm. They, you, they just might look at be like, okay, all right. Yeah. Who doesn't have it hard? But they don't have an appreciation for it. It's not that you had it hard. Yeah. Everyone has it hard. You said that in the beginning of this, right? Like that's how life goes. Mm-hmm. But you had a dream of somewhere you wanted to be so you're willing to take all those lumps and, and turn them into the lessons to get where you're at and i'm sure your story's not done or or even in the second third well i guess second chapter right the second restaurant but um so is that do you kind of feel like that like are are you looking for the one kind of that's like you know maybe you know to your business partner you were the one right that that was he was waiting to share it with are you, are you kind of like, not necessarily looking for it, but not willing to share unless you see that one? No, I mean, I'm willing to share with anyone
1: who wants to listen, you know, and wants to put forth the effort. Like we have a lot of great employees that, that, you know, we always envision, you know, our companies being like family owned, you know, like, or not family owned, but employee owned. Like there's a lot of great like craft, craft brewers that are like that. Um, which one is a famous one? Like New Belgium was that way. Okay. Um, I think um, Modern Times was that way too, which is from San Diego. It's a pretty famous brewery out of San Diego. Okay, But um, as far as like just giving people equity right off the bat, like, you know, we got to go through some pretty hard knocks with us to do that. Yeah. Um, and you got to put in those hours and like want to do it. And like, we have a lot of staff that have done that. But... I don't, I don't know that right now would even be an appropriate time to offer that, you know, to them because
0: yeah.
1: we're still rescuing the companies right now because of the pandemic. But, yeah. and plus, you know, after going through this, you don't necessarily want to give away your equity, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you're barely holding on to it. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Um, I get it. It's not like I'm on, it's not
1: like I'm making a lot of money. I'm, <laughs> I'm working for free. I'm not even on payroll, you know, so all these yeah. other people
0: have jobs. So, yeah yeah i I think that's a very strong point though, is that um, you don't you don't want to just give it away, right mm-hmm. whatever little bit you have um oftentimes we don't have as much as people think, right I'm sure um scrolling through your Instagram, people think that you're good to go, right you know as an outsider who's just looking for a local restaurant to go, you know check out you must be good. Mm-hmm. it's just that and on the other side on my side of it as you know we were all there once oh you're a chief yeah you're good right you know yeah, that. Working every day. yeah exactly it's good if you keep working every day it's good if you're staying out of trouble um but like i'm good now there's once upon a time when we weren't good right, right. and you what you're going through especially with last year there's a lot of times i'm sure you weren't good Lot of late nights. I'm sure, just kind of scratching your head, like, "What the fuck are we doing tomorrow?" Right? Tons of late nights. Yeah. Tons. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's if for anyone listening, like, like, like Thomas said at the beginning, like, life is full of the ups and downs. But if you have a dream, you you gotta be willing to sacrifice everything for it. Um. Right. Absolutely. And you have to quantify
1: it and write things down. So I used to read like a lot of self-help books and there was this one um, exercise where this um, business owner, he wrote $2 million on um, a $1 bill and then like he put it on his mirror. So every day he would see $2 million. Right. And that's what he wanted to do, do in sales. And at the end of the day, when that year was up, he did like 1.8 million or something like that. He didn't hit 2 million, but he had grown his business so much. And that was just from looking at that dollar bill. So I think the most successful years we've had, I've really done that self care and like self reflection and took time for that. Um, but right, write, write down the goals. And like, I have, I have a list of goals on our mirror, um, in the bathroom, you know, and Cause I knew this was going to be a really difficult season of our lives, you know, and I had to do it for my children and my wife and there's like 10 things, you know? And the first one is don't complain. Nobody cares. And there's probably someone who has it worse than you. And, yeah. and I feel like I do so much fucking complaining all the time, <laughs> but um, it's, it's there and I read it, but yeah. You know, at the bottom of it, it's like, you know, never give up, you know, you're going to get through this crisis and future crises. You know, your children and your wife are depending on you. And um just reading that, and I don't read it every day, but I see it every day. Yeah. And when I'm when I'm definitely down in the dumps and I, I read that, it like gives me that extra juice to keep going, you know.
0: How much um you know, being that you have your, your daughter and your son now, and, and your wife, of course, how much are they the driving factor? Because you just mentioned them. Is it like before it's easy to be like oh yeah you know whatever but once you start having them kids has that just up to you to be like like you said i'll uber i'll do this i'll do that i don't care i'm not gonna stop pursuing this Mm -hmm. and like you said it's for them so whatever it takes a huge part of it
1: well so specifically i i don't want i don't want their quality of life to be um, destroyed and I believe that we should all go through hardships and everything but prior to the pandemic Senna was in a really good school she was in the St. Andrew system she would have been going to St. Andrews um, Priory for kindergarten we lived in a beautiful condo with a view of Waikiki like and the ocean and all that and then we lost all that right like we had to pull her out of school and then her friends got to go on and you know and we're still friends with a lot of those kids and their parents and everything and we had to move you know we moved to a, a, a good place but you know, we had to give up a lot for her, but, or she had to give up a lot as well. But um, I guess, like, this is another one we could just talk for hours on. It's, I don't want my children to feel like I'm giving up on providing for them and that I'm accepting mediocrity, you know, like, I just can't do it anymore. You know, I'm just going to go shut these restaurants down and then I'm just going to go back to being a server, you know, because they are assets and anything that's worth keeping, you're going to have to fight for at some point.
0: Yeah. Has it ever crossed your mind of like, it'd be easy to do that. Like it'd be hard, but like, like it'd be easy as in. Yeah, you could, right. You, You could, you could just forget that and just go do that. And the kids will never know. Never cross your mind like that. That's fucking no. dope. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's why you're still going.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, the the jobs that we provide mean a lot to me. And um, you know, I, I tell all of our employees, like, this place is a blank canvas, you know, like you, you know, I tell a lot of them my story, you know, like you can if you have a good idea, like present it to me and like we can execute it together, you know. And like we have some guys that come up with some dope cocktails. Like if you follow our Instagram, like Oscar was just on there the other day with the uh, that he did. And that's a a fabulous cocktail. Um, you know, and our chefs are, are truly special and they're amazing. Chef Meech and, and chef Andrew, or or Andrew, Aaron, chef Aaron are awesome. But, um, yeah, I just, um, want to keep it going for them. Like their jobs mean a lot to me. That's
0: cool. That's, um, that's special so you you give them a lot of that like empowerment of just like hey you know uh kind of yeah you got a cool new drink cool figure it out put it out yeah you,
1: you it gives them it gives anyone a sense of ownership right sense yep. of responsibility and if i make it monotonous and boring and just drill them all the time like oh, we're gonna have high turnover you know if you give them a creative outlet to to like express themselves it's you're gonna you're gonna see rewards and leaps and bounds.
0: Yeah, that's um. I don't know. You, do you listen to Jocko Jocko Willink at all? Is that the
1: Navy Seal guy? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, a little I, bit.
0: I have too, and it, it's like honestly, I think it's annoying. Um, I'm Jocko not that, <laughs> no, Nothing, nothing against right. Like he he would break down my door and kill me right now, right? And, and it's yeah, not yeah. about him. But I find it interesting because um my sister in law's in restaurant business, right? She used to work for a Peter Piper Pizza. I don't know if you ever heard of them. It's like Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-mm. Um, and she did really well for herself for a very long time. She started there when she was like sixteen, worked her up, you know, to a general manager, and she was one of the best stores, whatever, whatever. But the one of the owners that actually owned her store, one of the best stores in Phoenix and like the whole fucking Southwest, right? Um. He had other restaurants similar to like some of yours or, or yours, right? Just those little nice, better, you know, not chain, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And he decided to uh, steal her away from Peter Piper. And hey, he, he has like three or four between like Sedona, Prescott, Phoenix Valley area. Right. And he was like, hey, come work for me and you'll know, boost your salary a little bit. And you can just kind of oversee all of my restaurants and just work at whichever one you need to work at to make sure it's doing good. And um, so she came to me and she was like, Oh, do you know this uh, Jocko guy? He's in the Navy. I was like, no, <laughs> well, no, he's not. He's retired. No, I don't know everyone that's ever served in the Navy. Right. But, um, but yeah, I've, I've heard of him. What's up. She's like, Oh, I'm reading his book. You know, he's, uh, has all these good things and he does He have, he has awesome stuff that he has taken from the military and his experience and related it into the corporate world. And I just find it hilarious that her, like unlike yourself, you know, you being veteran her not you. I think some of that might come from before the Navy, but it's just this thing. I, I think a lot of people learn in the navy, right? Empowerment. Yeah. You got to give your sailors something, right? You got to give them a bone. Hey, go do it, figure it out. This and that. And you're doing that with your employees. And it's not like it's, that big of a secret it's not like it's you know the secret sauce uh, you know on fucking mcdonald's big mac right everyone knows what it is right <laughs> but i got my sister-in-law here like yeah she he's saying all this and he's saying all that and i'm like yeah yeah so like i'd listen to him every now and then not much recently at all but every time i listen to him I, I just think like well yeah no shit and power to them mm-hmm. what else do you do You know, to me, like you know, being sixteen years in, I'm like, yeah, what? Yeah, of course, you gotta give them something, like you, like you just said, the empowerment, responsibility, and now accountability and all that, right? And um, so when I was listening, like I said, I had to stop because I just kind of like, I can't listen to something where I feel, yeah, I know this. I need to listen to something new where it's like actually teaching me something. So, uh, long story there, I know, but it's I, I just like when I hear. Veterans, stay the 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 simplest things. And again, it's not like you were some, you know, chief or senior chief high up the ranks or something that you know. Finally, you got the key to unlock all this magic leadership stuff. No, man, like you knew it. Like I said, maybe before, maybe early, whatever. But it's it's you knew it. You know it, and you implement it all the time. And I think that's important for people to understand that might be listening. junior in the ranks or getting out about to go try to start something it, everything you can use as a tool from the navy or from your experience to, to do all that cool shit
1: yeah definitely and then i think uh, what's really important too about being a veteran is um it's it's difficult to connect with people on the outside when like like my ship left, right? You know, but you're gonna go through experiences, and and there was um a talk that I listened to with a, with a marine, and you're gonna go through like negative experiences because it's almost like you're you're going through one mindset where you're like brainwashed to be in this navy thing, mm-hmm. you know, and it's hard to separate yourself from that. And, you know, a lot of people might get anxiety or depression. Um, and it's, a, it's in a lot of the veteran groups, you know, you'll see people posting about it. I think people just need to understand that it's okay. You know, like we, we were young when we joined and then um, Afghanistan and Iraq was super hot when we were in. Yeah. And so we we saw a lot of our friends go over there, um, especially like in 05 and 06, because I, I went in in 03 um and i had a lot of friends that went and served over there and they saw some shit and they're like i had some you know a friend get his face pulled off you know he's still alive thank god but just know that it's okay and there's always people to talk to and um i process those feelings
0: that's important yeah. yeah yeah the processing the feelings and and getting it looked after um definitely anyway thomas i think that'll uh wrap us right there um going on an hour i don't like to make these too long because listeners stop listening right but um yeah go ahead and shout out all your restaurants and everything you got going on and um loud and proud so you know everyone knows where if you're ever in hawaii to look up these man's restaurants and, and anything you got your socials anything you want out there go ahead and spit them out
1: yeah so um hey ho house um and then uh square barrels are my restaurants and then uh, if you ever need a VA loan, I do mortgages too during the day. I'm happy to set you guys up with a VA loan. Uh, it'd be an honor and, and a privilege to do that for you. Um, but yeah, and you can find me uh, on Instagram, just search Thomas Ray. It's just been a pleasure to be on here and I hope um, it was insightful.
0: Yeah, definitely, brother, definitely. And you know, um, hopefully we could do this again later on down the road. Uh, there's a few things I want to do. You know multiple times, especially when we're covering the COVID stuff to see how people are bouncing back and things like that. So, again, thank you so much for your time and, um, you know, g- giving us a shot here at the Bravo Zulu podcast. And, uh, yeah, bro, take care, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. For more information on how you can support the podcast, please visit us at anchor.fm bravo Zulu podcast. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of myself, Joshua Moore, and the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent the DOD, DON, or those of the respected institutions or organizations. Thanks for joining us.